Hello, and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. On this episode, our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, continues in a series on the heroes of faith found in Hebrews 11. If you want to watch the video of this week's message or listen to this week's worship set, you can go to our website, brookwoodchurch.org, or you can find all that and more on our Brookwood Church app. We pray this message encourages you and your walk with Christ. I've heard people talk about how difficult, how difficult, how difficult time, but for believers, this has been a great time. It doesn't mean that it hasn't left some of us wanting, lacking. But in any time when God seems to step back a bit, causing us to evaluate ourselves in relationship with him and with his people, it's a good time. Now what we discover may not be as encouraging as we thought. But anytime we get the chance to test our strength, test our faith, test our ability to believe God, it's a valuable exercise. And so, as our environment, as our circumstances have not provided as much support, we haven't been able to get together in the same way in church. Many of us haven't seen our friends with the same frequency. And we had to look inward and see what of God is in there. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Though it may have left us somewhat embarrassed that God in us was not as strong as we thought. So we continue our series, Believing God. And that's all faith is. It's believing God for what he has said. Today's message is entitled, The Power of Faith. Our theme verse for today is taken from Ephesians 3.20. You can turn there if you like. You don't have your outline, but you'll see it up above. And it says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the rest of it. Unless a virus hits. Unless there is conflict in the land. Unless... Weather is out of control. Did you, I mean, that's in your Bibles, isn't it? Now, Hebrews 11, and these guys have done a wonderful job. I have watched most of them, uh, although I have done some babysitting of two small boys. Now I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. 
Well, Leanne would say, I didn't do it. I helped her do it. And so I, I did miss <laughs> a little bit when I had my little boys. But in Hebrews 11, after describing numerous examples of faithful men and women from the Old Testament, the writer of Hebrews, it appears to me, is having a hard time stopping. Is that what you read? He's having a hard time, you know, putting it in park. And so he, he provides a summary of some other people and what they accomplished. The opening of today's passage, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 is where I am. How much more do I need to say? It, it would take me too long to recount the stories of the faith, it says in verse 2. So he cited numerous examples. And so he's saying, I've given you enough examples. There's, there's adequate, there's more than adequate evidence to, to believe, to know what you can accomplish. To prove the effect of faith in each person's life. And then he adds, he, he doesn't have time to tell all the stories. Don't you like that? You know, it's like when somebody says, well, tell me about your grandsons. And I'll say, I don't have time to tell you all the stories. And then I go on to tell a few. That's what he does. Of people who displayed the power of faith through their exploits. And he's saying, I just can't go on. And then he goes on. Well, here's where we got to stop. What's your story of faith? There's no story listed in Hebrews 11 that exceeds your accomplishments by faith. Yours may be a bit different. They're not inferior. Only different. What have you accomplished by believing God? Particularly what, since March... What have you accomplished? You've been in your, 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 your burrowed in. What have you accomplished by believing God? We've had all these months. Now the power of faith that I'm dealing with today is evident through several things. I just pick out a few. First, through, it's evident through diverse people. And the latter part of Chapter 11, verse 32. It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. I'm going to touch, they, they, they can leave that up a while. Hebrews 11 features quite a collection of different people. And you've heard, you've heard JC and Josh and Gene deal with these. Men and women, young and old, different ethnicities, Jews, Gentiles, some people who couldn't be classified as either Jew or Gentile because they existed before those designations had any meaning. Some were officials, judges, kings, prophets. Others were just common people. Some were wealthy, others poor. Some possessed special status. 
I'm talking about culturally. I'm not talking about from God. Special status and others no status at all. The list includes farmers and shepherds and soldiers and priests, a prostitute and the son of a prostitute. And the commonality in this list of very different people is what? Come on. I'm back. That means y'all have to talk. It's faith. That's the commonality. And faith is dependence on God. All right, now since we're lessened, I need a few to really raise their voices. Because I'm missing a few whose voices I get to rely on most of the time. Let me tell you something. Every one of us is different by natural birth. Diverse backgrounds, disparate experiences, dissimilar tastes and preferences, divergent opinions and interests, distinct talents, diverse skills. Every one of us from birth are different. Before God, we are equal. That means he views us equal. That means he values us equally. That means he's placed in us his image. But we're also equal because of another thing. We're all sinners in equal need of grace. So we're equal on a great side. We bear the image of God. We're equal on another side, not so positive. We're bearers of sin and need to be beneficiaries of grace. So we're equal on both ends, aren't we? The first birth separates us. The second birth, when we're born again, it, it brings us back together. It it provides unity. It promotes harmony. We share a common faith. We are indwelt by the same Holy Spirit. So we can live with a common desire to use our lives to glorify the same God. but in unique, diverse ways. Every one of us required the death of Jesus to return us to God. If there had only been you, would Jesus still had to suffer as much? Absolutely. So no person costs Jesus more pain than the other. But he sacrificed himself willingly, personally, which proves our value to God. Do you know that what binds us as followers of Christ, our common faith, 
is much more significant than any of the things that separate us. The Spirit of God within is much more significant than variations in the tone of our skin. I could teach you that, but do we know it? Do we live it? Is it evident? This diverse list of people found in Hebrews chapter 11, including this list, shorter list at verse 32, they have great differences, but much in common. Every one of them had an encounter, didn't they, with God. They heard his words. Not only did they hear them, they were affected by them. That's A-F-F. I know in my lingo, you can't hardly tell sometimes what the words are. Which, let me stop for a minute. I have a three and a half year old who makes fun of how I pronounce words. (laughs) Now that doesn't feel too good. He says, pop, pop. It's not water, it's water. You little smart aleck, but. But every one of these people heard God. And it affected them. They believed it. And they acted on it. Some more readily than others. But let me tell you something. They have nothing on you. Because we hear God as well. And the fact of his speech is more significant than the particular content of that speech. What we consider a small assignment is equal to battling an army. Verse 32 mentions three periods in Israel's history. The judges, Gideon, Samson, Jephthah, who came before the kings. Now only David is mentioned there, but he's an example. He's the best, greatest king of Israel. And then the prophets, Samuel is mentioned, and then all the prophets, it says. And so God worked through judges, then through kings. He sent prophets to uh, guide and sometimes confront the kings and the people. So we can't ever think that faith can't operate because of the times we're in. Because of the circumstances. And that's cultural circumstances and personal circumstances. Because here's the point, y'all. True faith is not limited by historical situation or numerical limitation. It doesn't need governmental or even popular support. 
In fact, here's what I think. It's the secret. I think true faith struggles when it appears to be the majority opinion. I think it struggles because the Christian faith is a struggling faith. Because by definition, it means need of God. Dependence on Him. And when all is going well, who do you depend on? Who do you need? You see what I'm saying? You know when time got tough for you this past year or so? That was the greatest moment of your faith growth. Is that true? Yeah. Now you don't want to go back through it, of course. The loss is still keen. But you cried out, didn't you? You cried out. And God came near. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be popular. In fact, it's better when it's not popular. Gideon with 300. Remember, he started with thousands. And God said, oh, no, you have too many. Let me keep cutting them down till you only get 300 who will drink water with their hand. But Gideon with 300 and Samson alone and blind. Both accomplished God's will. Because God plus one willing, obedient person always constitutes majority. I'm not sure if y'all heard that. Did anybody hear? Did y'all hear that? I don't see Randy. He needs to hear it. God plus one willing, obedient person is always the majority. There's only one thing that can limit God's power. Y'all know what it is? Come on, give it to me. Well, you can, but it's because of unbelief. Jesus said, I can't do many miracles here because of your unbelief. I don't even completely understand that dynamic. But we know it's Mark 6, 5 and 6. So are you living by faith, depending on God's power, or are you dwelling in self-doubt, depression, discouragement, fear? Where are you? Because the Spirit has not been affected by any virus or any conflict. The power of faith is evident also through difficult problems. Verse 33. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. The people who overthrew kingdoms included several judges and they they ruled um, legislatively, but they also were warriors who defeated invading nations. Gideon defeated the Midianites. Commander Barak joined with the prophet Deborah to overcome the Canaanites. Jephthah routed the Ammonites. Samson killed thousands of Philistines. King David defeated 
numerous nations, predominantly Philistines, but others as well. Prophet Samuel, Elijah, and Elisha encouraged Israel to victory through prayers and spiritual guidance gained directly from God. The judges and the kings and the prophets who obeyed God and followed his direction ruled with, ruled with justice. David did in Israel. Joseph did in Egypt. Daniel did in Babylon. Babylon. But justice is from God. And I hate to disappoint you, but it's not from either political party. Justice is from God. And we align with whoever aligns with God as believers. I do believe God still uses people in places of authority. People who use their influence and their power, not for manipulation. There's a difference, see? There's a difference between influence and control. But they use their position to acknowledge God, to promote righteousness, to execute justice for all people. All of us have some kind of positions. Some of us have high positions. Some of us have positions that wouldn't be recognized as powerful positions. Uh, but they are. Because every one of us has influence. The question is, will you use your influence? As this said, to execute justice, to bring about righteousness. Well, how can you do that? Well, you do it when you're checking out of a, of a, with a cashier. And she gets a little confused or he gets a little bit difficult and you deal righteously with that person. You see what I'm saying? You have sometimes hundreds of opportunities to express justice, to execute fairness. To act righteously, bring righteousness into a relationship every day. How do you act? You know, it's, let me tell you all this. You don't want to be a preacher. Because people do this little trick on me. They don't tell me they know who I am. They don't tell me they've been coming to church. I may not know them personally. They may look familiar. They might not. They may have sat up there in the nosebleeds always. So they wait to see how I act when they don't have the part I need today. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Happened to me the other day. I needed a flusher on my toilet. Let me tell you this. Y'all want to know about a plague? It's when your toilet won't flush. That's a problem. That's a real problem. So he doesn't have the parties got ordered. I can't get it today. I said, well, I got, you know, what am I going to, you know, I got to come on. 
And so I just, you know, was kind. And God said, well, you have another toilet now. So, okay. And after I finished the transaction, the man at the next counter said, hi, pastor. And I said, he said, you're still at Brookwood. I said, yeah, yeah, at least I think I am. And he, he said, yeah, I've been there before years ago. I said, well, do you have a home now? He said, no, and I, th- I think I'll come back. Your day is full of opportunities to display righteousness, to carry out justice. Some of y'all might ought to run for public office. As a result of their faith, these people, many not mentioned, received what God had promised. And by believing these promises, they accomplished God's will. And God gave each one of them an impossible task. Do you have an impossible task? I can tell you this, it's not from God if it's not impossible. If it's something you can do, that's not from God. A difficult problem to solve. Also a promise to believe. And when they believed, he enabled them to fulfill the assignment. God is still calling faithful people to hear his word and respond by faith. In our culture, we are experiencing suppression of public expression of our faith. I mean, you know, I I grew up when we opened every class with the Bible and prayer. The First Amendment is applied in a very distorted way today to silence faith. We're encountering criticism if we stand by biblical moral standards. And so, yes, we must battle this opposition. But I want y'all to hear me this. Please hear this. We battle in God's way. Not by conflict, by conversation. Look at this verse. I want y'all to know this. I need 2 Corinthians. We use mighty weapons not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Well, I can't do that. I don't know all the Bible verses. Well, who said you had to? The Holy Spirit knows them. Isn't he in you? What I've read numerous occasions said that at the, at the right time, the Spirit will tell you what to say. And besides that, don't you realize you don't reason people into faith. God's Spirit reveals faith. He just lets you play a part. So right now, do you have a relationship with anybody that you're just gently, prayerfully, patiently, Leading to Christ. 
We ought to all be in. You know, we're, oh, I'm so worried about my culture. I'm so worried about my culture. Well, who are you talking to? Well, I can't change thousands. You don't have to. You change one by the Spirit. One. Verse 33b, we continue. They shut the mouths of lions. Now, that, that may refer to David or Samson. But why not? Why wouldn't it refer to David or Samson? Come on now, I like close readers. Remember that? Say it, somebody say it. It's Daniel, but I, that wasn't, did you hear me ask about Daniel? I said, why isn't it David or Samson? They each killed one lion. Daniel, you're right, somebody said this, Daniel's lions weren't even killed. They just were made harmless. Hebrews 34, we continue in that. They quench the flames of fire. That likely refers to whom? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they refused to worship an idol. But did they know they weren't going to die? No. They said, God can deliver us, but he might not. But in any event, we'll not worship you. This verse 34 continues. They escaped death by the edge of the sword. Now that can refer to any, you know, Israelite soldier. But um, we know it refers specifically to David who got in many jams. Are you under attack? Are there lions roaring at you causing you to fear? Are the flames of temptation leaping toward you, threatening to ignite you? Are there swords of criticism and false accusation being swung near your head? God will help as he's helped so many others. But even if God doesn't deliver me, I'll not bow to you. Their weakness, 34C, the latter part says, their weakness was turned to strength. Now here's what we want. We want God to make us into Samson's. Well, not behavior like Samson. But we want the strength of Samson, right? Before we ever get threatened, God never does it that way. God doesn't make you strong from your weakness. Rather, God lets you see your weakness so you can rely on him and all the strength comes from the Spirit. Paul said, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Because the, the, the strongest you can be is recognizing your deficit of strength. Your inability. So you come to him without pride, with, with utter need. They became, it says, they became strong in battle, not before battle. And they put whole armies to flight. You know that thing that's threatening you right now, that person, that problem? He's going to wait until you're stepping into that arena before the strength comes. 
He's not going to let you sit back away from it and get all strong. So then you go in feeling self-assured. Uh, no. God wants you depleted of yourself. Then he arrives. And the Spirit empowers. He did it for Gideon. He did it for Jephthah. He did it for Samson. Filled with the Spirit. You know, the core cause of their weakness and ours, but also the core cause of their sin and ours, is relying on ourselves. Not trusting God, not relying on His promises, His provision, His power. We sin out of pride. I can handle this. We stay safe out of awareness of weakness. So what problems do you face? And what promises has God given you about them? You've got to hear, boy, this is a good time to learn to hear God. And if you don't hear, try again. And if you don't still hear, try two more times. And if you still can't hear, try five times. Pray for direction. Trust God. Take a step, counting on God to grant victory. Not victory to you, victory for Him. Verse 35, women receive their loved ones back again from death. And this refers to certainly Elijah raising the widow's son, 1 Kings 17. Elisha raising the Shunammites, um, raising the Shunammite woman. And that's 2 Kings 8. Death has no power over God. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, y'all all know this, God defeated death for all time. God might heal you of illness. He can, but not ultimately. Ultimately, we'll all pass unless Christ comes first. But we will never die eternally. The power of faith is evident through doubtful possibilities. What are you facing today? Family problems? Rebellious children? Financial difficulties, loss of livelihood, physical illness, emotional pain. What about the need to forgive? It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting to me when Christians say, well, I, I know the Lord, but I can't forgive this guy because of what he did. Well, I'm a Christian, but I will not forgive her because she did it deliberately. That's the whole point. You don't have to forgive anybody that didn't do it deliberately. And that may be the task that God is calling some of us to. We've had a lot of time to think about a lot of old angers and regrets, haven't we? In some places, it's festering up in very destructive ways. But what if you find it, you, re, you see it, you take it to God. You get some truth replace, to replace the lies that you believe. See, anything we believe we can accomplish on our own with my resources, my intellect, my resourcefulness won't require God. So it's, faith is unnecessary. Anything we have the strength to, to accomplish on our own doesn't require faith. I mean, let's be honest. 
Do you think that a teenage shepherd whose brother ridiculed, whose king dismissed, defeated a giant with a sling and a stone? Do you think that's how he killed Goliath? He was a good shot? No. You know the stone didn't even kill Goliath. Knocked him down. David cut off his head. But it was all by the power of God. You know, by the the 25th anniversary gift from you, uh, Leanne and I were able to go to Italy and, and I saw that huge, huge statue of David. Naked, as my mother would say, naked as a jaybird. But I did not realize that David standing there, he has a hand like this. You remember that? And a hand kind of like this. But if you walk behind that big old naked guy, he's holding a sling and he has a hand full of stones. I never knew that. But it wasn't, the power wasn't in the sling. The power wasn't in the stones. The power was in the spirit. The power was in the spirit. God hasn't changed. God's still using unlikely, ordinary, diverse people to perform extraordinary feats. To solve difficult problems by faith. Believing that you can accomplish doubtful possibilities or impossibilities by trusting Him and depending on His power, not yours. The very same Spirit that empowered everyone in this list at Hebrews 11 fills you today. And you know what the difference is? He doesn't leave you. The Spirit would come and pass in Old Testament people. We receive the Spirit when we're born again. And so we have the power to accomplish anything, everything God has called us to achieve. Not everything we want to achieve, everything God has called us to achieve. What do y'all think? Can you do it? No, I need some voices. Most of y'all don't even have on masks, so I want to hear something. I can hear the folks on TV better than some of you. (laughs) That's another thing I say in a weird way. But let's let's do this. Let's let's, let's declare this verse together. I I want you all to stand and let's declare this verse together. Loudly, loudly, through your mask or without it, either one. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within me to accomplish infinitely more than I might ask or think. Do you believe that? Let's live it. This week. As usual, I'm fasting on Tuesday. Fast with me. Pray with me. Pray about this COVID-13. Pray about people's loss of livelihood. Pray for justice and reconciliation. Pray for our church that the illness would end and we can return to 
proximity fellowship. Pray for people struggling with loneliness. Pray for those in Louisiana who have suffered from this hurricane, Laura. Pray, fast from something, a meal. Fast a whole day if you can or will. Just dessert. Fast, oh, let me, I got one for you. Just keep standing. Fast from this doggone Facebook. And all these news channels. Take some, take some time, okay? Get into God instead of what some talking head is saying. Let's hear from God. And please, please, please. Don't post things that wound people. Post things that build up. Stay out of politics. Stay on faith. Father, I pray that you would do what only you can do and that you would use us where you will. Make us willing and courageous and full of faith to work with you to accomplish your purposes, not our own. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming. Here at Brookwood Church, our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so you can experience a transformed life. One of the ways you can do that is by getting connected here at Brookwood. You can email us at connections at brookwoodchurch.org. That's connections at brookwoodchurch.org. Or just call us at 864-688-8326 to get in touch with our Connections team. You can also find our message archives on our website or on the Brookwood Church app. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.